Howdy, partner, and welcome to a Paradise Lost podcasting channel. This here's your marshal, Cody. My pronouns are he, they. Joining me as we put the weird into Weird West is... Hi, I'm Christina. Um, pronouns are she, they is fine as well. I am playing Emerson Drez. She runs the local theater, and as you will come to learn, she has kind of a paranoia or phobia of birds. Hi there, everyone. My name is Brendan. My pronouns are he, him. And in this game, I'll be playing John Liberty, the high kicking sheriff of Caliente. Hi, my name is Britt. My pronouns are she, her. I'm playing Cassidy Burke, but her friends can call her Sid. Cassidy's a widow who owns a bar and she always carries a Zippo, but doesn't smoke. Hey, guys. My name is Tyler. My pronouns are he, him. And I'm playing Jackie Dawson. Kindly and gentlemanly barber of Caliente. Hey, this is Michaela. She, her, playing Doc Cavell. Uh, and Doc, she is the town Doc who does the best she can in these violent times to walk the line of not adding to the cycle of death, which can be difficult sometimes. Hi, I'm Alex. I go by he, him. I'm playing Samuel Mammon as the town preacher, a man of spirit and soul and family. And without further ado, we present to you Deadlands, a fistful of ghost rock. I'm honestly very impressed at how long that he held that note for. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I didn't hear the Craig do the doo 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 doo. He did it. He definitely did it. It's the ghost yeah, of Craig's past. Come yeah. to haunt us. He's start. He's starting to sneak in. He's learning. <laughs> he's learning how to how to sneak around. Uh, yeah, Craig hate for him. He's he's learning how to avoid the abuse. You know, All if right. he just didn't fail that one time, he would have avoided some of you. He, he has failed a couple times. I'll be the first one to call him out. He's failed a couple times. <laughs> He failed the worst once, but he has had several small infractions. All right. So with the end of season one, uh, how did you guys feel about the Savage World system as a whole, I guess, would be the first question. I don't know. It was kind of so-so, I guess, in my mind. I uh, will loosely agree that it was workable but not my favorite yeah. I'm a big crunch guy I like a good crunch and it's not a very crunchy game so um, if, if nobody else has an opinion I, I would like to know what Cody's is before I throw mine down because I have been ruminating on this <laughs> you got a lot of a lot of opinions mm -hmm. um, did you guys hear me no nope, nope. not. not at all lucky me oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said I kind of liked it. It was it was definitely different and hard to grasp at first. Yeah, I I like it in concept. Uh, it's got a big problem with power creep. From what I saw, uh, especially since they don't have like they don't really do scaling. Mm -hmm. uh, but I definitely I don't think the game fits my style like when i stopped playing the game against y'all 
and started pretty much just stopped using the system and made you roll dice to make things fun is when things I feel got better on my side as a DM. Fair. As about halfway through, I just stopped using the book and just made y'all roll what dice felt right. Yeah. I mean, in the long run, it's really about how you want to run your game and if everyone's having fun with it. I also, in terms of like, less so about the system, which I have my own gripes with, and more so about the game, I will say that I felt a little bit lost in the sauce at times in terms of my own character choices compared to everyone else. Because, uh, like, so me and Christina were the only non-magical people in the game. And Christina's character was at least built around, like, team buff, you know? Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt a little bit, like, under par when we're, like, fucking, hey, we're, we're literally, uh, parading around Yeehaw upside down. Uh, we got, we got a, we got a guy who casts fist, uh... Uh, a religious entity, uh, a mad scientist, uh, team buffer, and uh, yeah, I cut hair, guys. <laughs> yeah. And that's... I feel like I wasn't like... My character didn't really get a chance to be my character at, at certain points. Did that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I think part of that comes down to uh, a little more planning would have helped yeah maybe a little bit. on my part yeah. like you being the plain guy with the original direction of uh the campaign of oh yes kingdom building with uh with and, I, coming into town and i think i also like undercut a little bit of like oh we're playing a yeehaw game i'm gonna make a yeehaw character with yeehaw problems and that's what i did yeah, you uh, yeah, I think there was differences in uh, like expectation, you know, and I, I think that's also, probably it comes across like there was like than, uh, season two. It comes across like there is a bit of a lack of depth to my character, but I have a lot of time put into the backstory of my character. It, I just feel like I've been like not allowed to use it. Not maybe not not allowed. That's not the right word. But like the game hasn't been in a way that was conducive to my character explaining my character yet. As the guy who had to, uh, who had to, yeah, because I, I, I was forced with a gun to my head. Now, um, as the person who edited the first, uh, like two thirds of the game where that most of the social stuff was going on, I don't feel like you come across as that. I think that you come across as the most competent and not insane person in the group. Yeah. 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 You are, you were definitely the straight man. Yeah. Um, but like, that's literally it. I'm not the straight man who, like, helps in this way. Like, I'm just a guy who talks. You, I think, had some of the more memorable moments that didn't end in, like, ha-ha, it's a joke because John's kind of an idiot, or, like, holy shit, Emerson just shot that bird for, like, no fucking reason, or, like, like all of your moments, I felt like, with Jackie were kind of, like, they were good moments that would fit like the tone of a Western. And I think that some of the problem that at least I ran into is I've never seen a Western in my life. I certainly think that I was like, it, it wasn't just you though. Like 
we were like fighting the uh, fighting the town full of zombies and shit. Like I don't know. I just I, I think I just didn't understand the assignment. No, that that's totally fair. Um, so like looping back around to to the system, I'm. I'm going to say it right now. I'm sure that there are some really good ideas in here that someone can use for something. I don't think I will ever play another Savage Worlds game. Yeah. I did not like it. The dice are too... The dice swing so hard. Like, there is no... They they avoid the bell curve... They avoid the bell part of the curve in one way or the other. There was never an average that anyone rolled. It was always either, oh, I fucking missed, or I hit with eight raises. There was almost never, like, a middle true. ground. That, that's very true. That did happen a lot. And then, like, I, uh, I know that Alex didn't get to use his, like, his magic casting with, like, the, the, the cards and everything a whole hell of a lot. And, like, the the two or well, three times that he did, it, like... I think a lot of that, too, was, like, him <laughs> holding his cards close to his chest for lack of a better so, term. There, there was a bit of that, yeah. Like, I, I like the reveal a bit. But yeah, also, it was, it was, like, there wasn't... A reason to right there was there wasn't in the first half of the game there wasn't anything pushing him to like i need to do this thing i like i need to access a power i need to whatever when we're just standing around talking doing social things like there wasn't a need for any of that so the character was kind of like kind of being a not in your face kind of background character a bit, just kind of there. Um, right. But yeah, like, like system wise, I feel like, so it's, for it's me, I come from a like pathfinder D and D background where it's like, you know, magic is pretty, you know, spells are pretty specific in what they can do. You know, like you don't have the most freedom, like by the book. Um, so like there was a little bit of learning how to freeform that a little bit, uh, for me, but there was also like, it just felt kind of weirdly. It felt more limited to me than a pathfinder, um, with the spell choices and stuff. Yeah. Like it has a lot of, it has a lot of options, but those options are like, it's almost like a facade because the game itself is actually pretty pretty scant on, like, meta... I hate to sound like a metagamer here, but, like, the good options are, like, oppressively good, and the other options are, like, if you want it, take it, but otherwise it's not going to help you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut Brett off. I was saying, I I completely understand what Alex is saying, because I I started with Pathfinder, so, like, I'm used to that system a lot more than these newer ones, and I, I definitely agree with Alex on that, like, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, like, I I was excited at first at the idea of, like, a little more open freeform magic system. Because, I mean, I've I've heard Brendan tell me for years about different systems he's played. And, like, oh, yeah, you know, you can just do this, whatever. And, like, I started trying to do it. And, like, oh, you know, I want to do this thing, right? Like, I'm trying to think of an example from the game, but... You know, I'd be like, oh, I want to do this thing. And I'd like, well, 
you know, I can do all these spells if I use the deal with the devil mechanic. I like look through all the spells. I'm like, none of these actually like get me there. Like even being a little creative with it. No spell is going to beat the blast spell. I, uh, not even that. It was just like social and utility stuff, you know? Yeah. And so it just felt limited. At the risk of sounding like a bit of a like snob here, I'm gonna go out and make a general assessment from my point of view about this game. I think we're all a bit more seasoned role players than this game is like meant to entertain. Like it if we were be- like if we were like some kids who wanted to like have a fun time and like be goofballs on the weekends, uh, that'd be really really good. I think the system because it's very like. It's very easy to, like, do crazy stuff in this game, but it's also, like, kind of shallow if you have any experience playing in other systems or role-playing in general. Yeah, like, like looking at it, like, initially, I was like, oh, this is really cool, I can do all this weird monk shit. There are some some nice bells and whistles, um, but it's kind of like, (laughs) it's a a wacky inflatable arm, man. Right, and uh, I, I will say that, like, you know, we do have the, uh, I don't, uh, the detriment of playing it online, and I really do feel like this game would probably benefit from being in person and having an actual deck of cards to pull from, and yeah, actually really. rolling the dice, and like, oh, I got a six on the D6, that means I gotta roll it again, oh, it happened again, like, I'm sure yeah. that there's, like, a very good tactile feel that goes along with that, but, you know, just... A lot of it's lost uh, on us. A lot of it's yeah, lost on us. Yeah, a lot of it is unfortunately lost on us. And then on top of that, when they we're recording, like what was it, session eleven? Uh, Discord had a huge update that completely screwed over the Savage Bot, so we couldn't do anything anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I just started uh, using physical dice. O- overall, I, it, uh, uh, not a bad taste in my mouth, but a little bit of a sour aftertaste with this game. I, uh, it's not my favorite. I don't think it's anyone's favorite. Yeah, I, like I'm not. I'm not gonna say I'll never play it again because I definitely would. If somebody was like, "Yeah, I want to run a Savage Worlds game," I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'll play." But I'm never gonna search out and be like, "Oh yeah, I want to run this game." I'm gonna use the Savage World system. I think the strength of this system is its adaptability. For if you don't have something that fits what you wanted to do. Yeah, you um, can kind of throw anything. Any yeah, and, that, and that's a reasonable. That's a reasonable bonus. So that's cool. But, um... I don't know. I'm, eh. I mean, but also, like, you know, if we wanted to go back to, like, adaptability of something, like, we could just play Shadow of the Demon Ward, which I think is a lot simpler and, like, but also crunchy in the way that most of us enjoy. Yeah, I, I view... I'm not going to go on a tangent about that game, because I have a lot to say about that one, of course. So, uh, I agree with you, though. I think this. I think uh, Savage Worlds falls into a little bit of the D and D problem that I have, where there's like there's player options and player choice, but like not a lot of true versatility for what you can do. Right. And I. Yeah, I mean that's the feeling I had. I I briefly looked through uh, like D and D five e. I mean, just the core rule book um, a couple of years ago and kind of like oh this just kind of boils down to there's like three builds for each class that's kind of lame actually 
Yeah, and there's a bit more now, but it's still kind of like yeah. I'm 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 still kind there's, of lukewarm on it. There's actually a lot more now than there used to be. Like the core yeah. rulebook has about two or three for each. There's numerous more now for each class. It's right. like it's, uh, it's getting it's starting to approach uh, Pathfinder levels. Yeah. Anyways, we're uh, we're sidetracking a bit. Yeah. A bit. Like my big gripe with that is the. EA model of giving you classes, but that's back to Savage Worlds. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, def- oh, I definitely liked, uh, I liked the setting and stuff that you chose for the game. I don't know if that's part of like the Savage Worlds in general. And that was a cool concept and everything, and I'm sure it's probably when you were like, I'm not going by the book anymore. I will say the dice rolling and figuring out what to roll and stuff. I know it was a little hard to navigate like, oh, what do I need for this? I And I did notice even for some of us who played other like systems and stuff, a lot of us were constantly asking, okay, what is it that I need? What do I need to do? What is this thing? How do I roll? There was a lot of information that I don't think a lot of us were retaining because there was so much. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, I think overall, what do you think, Cody? What do you want to do with this? In the oh, future? Uh, so I know the listeners are probably uh, getting tired of hearing this, but uh, maybe try fellowship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me and Brendan were talking, and I think with my GM style and where we want to, where I want to take the game, I think Fellowship works. Plus, Fellowship is another one that you can throw any veneer on top of it and use it for whatever flavor you want it to be. Yeah, you you literally can. I was uh, I was talking to uh, I was talking to someone else, and uh, they were telling me what that they thought that like. Uh, like, you know, oh, it'd be super easy to just, you know, switch it over. You know, John could be the ogre and yada, yada. And it's just like, it, it's so, you can just fit anything into that game. Uh, I think that I've talked to Alex a little bit about this, but uh, this is the, the game system where I was like, oh, yeah, you know, if you wanted to play like Mass Effect in Fellowship, it is just done. There is no, like, conversion needed. Yeah, I'm, you talked to me about it at some point, but that was... Honestly, I think that was pretty 2020 and, you know, so it's been a decade, um, even though it's been two years. Yeah, that, that's uh, So unpopular opinion. I'm willing to give it another shot, but I wasn't a huge fan of Fellowship. I couldn't really get into it. It just felt like I was doing the same thing every single time. Like, I know I, people have an issue with, like, D&D and stuff and saying, oh, it's just all the same stuff all the time. There's no diversity to it. That's kind of how I felt with Fellowship. I felt like I was just doing the same stuff all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know enough about Fellowship to really have an opinion. I mean, there's also, like, you know, other uh, similar... uh, There there are other uh, systems that uh, specifically work in, like, Deadlands and everything. Uh, not really. Really? Yeah, I looked at them in the a lot of them are not the best. What would I miss? Like a lot of them are uh, drop boxes of, oh, yes, this is what I did to 
kind of just homebrew a uh, Weird West game. Like, yeah. Savage Worlds Deadlands has the Weird West market cornered. Gotcha. Unfortunately, it's kind of a... Unfortunately, tabletop games kind of fall victim to, like, kind of hurtful and semi-racist stereotypes. And that, like, type of game, I imagine there's going to be a lot of, like, nuances of that that aren't done well by a lot of companies. Yeah. Even Savage World was, like, pretty pretty culturally insensitive on several things. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's also a struggle of, like, you know, the, the time period. It's, like, there's a difference between, you know, oh, we're going to play in medieval times, right? Like, as Americans, that's so far removed from us, right? Yeah, like, that's fine versus, like, hey, look at this look at this kung fu class. He can play as a Chinaman who knows mystic martial arts. Right. Like, maybe not, guys. Maybe don't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think trying to set a game in a in an old West, I think, especially for us as Americans, because that's kind of our culture, you know, there's a lot of shittiness that comes along with that. And it's, I think it's very difficult to really untangle that. Yeah. From that. Um, and unfortunately it's a bit, it's a bit ingrained in the genre. Like, I don't know, certain genres of games, like, like, like Shadowrun, when I run that. I have to look at that very carefully because there's a lot of, like, poverty wage disparity and, like, classism and capitalist, like, um, mistreatment of people that is, like, a core part of that genre that she can't really not have, unfortunately. And something yeah. similar, there's something similar we said for, like, this game is based on the Wild West, where we were absolute dog shit to our fellow man and everyone else who wasn't a white male. Oh no, sex workers had it pretty good in the Wild West. They did. They they ran that shit. They did. <laughs> they <laughs> they rose and destroyed civilizations on a oh. whim. Um, I guess besides system talk um i guess did we want to talk anything about like the characters or like the plot or anything yeah i want to i want to address something real quick with uh tyler yeah Uh, season two was gonna be jackie's story yeah like i know you didn't feel like you got a lot this one but this one i did drop a lot of hints about jackie's story to build up to where my plan is to hit that on season two so keep keep that card in my pocket then. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I have a question for you, Cody. Yeah. Um. Did you kind of like switch directions halfway through with the story? Like, Absolutely. did you kind of have something figured out and just like kind of go, ah, fuck that, we're going this way? Oh, that's exactly what happened. Because um, I was kind of tracking like. Okay, yeah, there's there's this coal mine. We gotta like industrialize or die. We gotta talk to these companies. Cool. Oh wait, we're in Yeehaw Heaven. Yeehaw upside down. What when did this happen? Yeah. I think the uh, turning point was the zombies. No, actually. No? Uh, the turning point was the father and call. 
Yeah, I got excited and he showed up and then it was like, ah, yes, this shark's been jumped. There's no turning back now Uh, because, you know, he kidnaps one of the party members wives. Y'all aren't going to be like, oh, that sucks. I got to got to get back on writing this train. Well, let's open the mine first and then go after that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But like the issue I foresee with that, too, is like, hey, we just fought a gigantic, weird spider demon that was inhabiting. Uh. Samuel's daughter, but like, like later on in season two, hey, these mundane yeehaw guys with their six shoes are giving you a run for your money. They're stronger than that gigantic spider demon was. Like balancing that is hard in my mind. Oh no, they won't be, uh, because well, they might be if we're using a different system. But uh, Savage Worlds again, one of my gripes with it is there is no uh, challenge rating. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, these are the goons. And if your goons are stronger than the goons, I guess they just beat the shit out of them. But like devising a challenge for a narrative becomes very, very hard with that. I guess that's the point you're making. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's the same issue with like World of Warcraft and taking that story seriously. It's like, okay, cool. Like it's a high fantasy, whatever. But but like how many how many world shaking like. Well, right. Exactly. Can you defeat? Okay, like, you get to Wrath, and it's like, we fight the Lich King. It's like, okay, that's like... Boblin the Goblin. Somehow within the scale of Boblin possibility, the, but yeah. they just Boblin the Goblin in Warlords of Draenor is infinitely stronger than literally Arthas in Wrath of the Lich King. Yeah, and it, <laughs> yeah, it just totally loses all... Yeah, like that one, Brendan? Yeah, that, that was pretty good, yeah. Boblin the Goblin goes to solo Arthas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if you took, like, the the gamified aspects out, right? And it's still, like, the scale of the foes, the big bads, just get so far beyond your, like, any sense of, like, groundedness, you know? Like, Arthas is like, okay, that's hard, it's whatever, but, like, okay, you get to the point where you're like, fighting like reality bending entities and stuff and it's like that's it's but, just so here comes big dick bob on the goblin ready to ruin your whole <laughs> right oh yeah new raid we just <laughs> caught, you know big thing now let's go kill you know human caster person right yeah um but yeah i totally did uh switch switch gears around the time that happened uh because yeah. that happened and then it's like oh uh, now I felt like I was having more fun. Uh, I mean, so I went with the, I went the direction that I was having fun with and I hope y'all enjoyed it too. Even if it did get a little confusing there for a little bit. I do wish I had known that that's kind of where we were going. Cause if I had known that was the caliber, I, I might've played something different, but you know, what, I think what that's what a lot of the, like the character player issue kind of probably boils down to is like, either lack of communication or miscommunication or something. But like, I think different players had different understandings of like what style of Western game it was going to be or whatever. Right. And that may have just been my fault. Maybe I I think everyone makes some assumptions, right? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, like your, your assumption of what, uh, Weird West is is normal people with, you know, so, is Southern Gothic. Right. 
Whereas Savage Worlds turns out to not be Southern Gothic, it turns out to be uh, be a lot more steampunk. Right, and Southern Gothic, I think, is is what truly that I made. Yeah, like, Jackie would be perfect in a Southern Gothic game. But I don't know how to make a Southern Gothic game... Like when Other I made Jackie, I, 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 I didn't talking. I didn't pull out my 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 gear filled top hat and start like like Matt, like 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 having dreams about trains. I like listened to a whole bunch of Dead South and then made a character. Yeah. Hey Tyler. Hey. I mean this in a good way, so don't take it bad. But I think Jackie would have been better suited as like a parlor LARP or just a role play character the way you were playing him. And I feel like that. Uh, might I mean, have... y- yeah, I I was pretty good in just an actual fight, but the issue is, by the time I got to my turn to have an actual fight, and I ran up and hit a guy with my knife, uh, Brendan had like drop kicked the guy's like ocular bone out of his head, and everything was on fire, and someone had been sent to hell <laughs> by Samuel, and there were bird, there was a flock of birds down on the ground, and like. <laughs> Yeah. I was a bit out of the scope. Yeah. Look, the birds had it coming. The birds had it coming. So, I mean, I think this kind of turned into, like, Samuel's story the second half of that game. And so, do you guys want to, like, know anything? Do we want to... Well, I think Cody has some stuff planned for me. So, I I, I wish I could say more about my character. Because I know I've been, like, playing with my cards literally... In my shirt, so close to my chest, as I think, yeah. as I think, a lot of us have. I don't know what. What can yeah. I say, Cody? Uh, say what you want. Um, okay. up to you, because maybe you'll want to play somebody else and see. I'm not gonna force you to keep playing a character uh, if you don't like uh, Jackie. Well, I think we will have to go with what happens. I don't know because we're releasing like a year from now. Can can I just make a guess as to what is Jackie's past? Yeah, I think I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. Ask ask away. Okay, I feel like that Jackie used to be a railroad guy, like a railroad conductor, and then he accidentally ran a train off the tracks and through an orphanage. And the survivors of the orphanage are those gang members that keep showing up trying to kill him. Interesting. That's that's rather specific there. That's an interesting guess. Anyone else have a guess? Not that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not that. Oh, you 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 actually finally told me, so I'm uh, not yeah, guessing. Chris, Christina oh, doesn't look, know. Brendan killing children again. Shocker. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, what? I think I'm just gonna. I think I'm just gonna gonna spill my beans here, Cody. Um, <laughs> Jackie was a uh, turncoat um, Confederate soldier who was a um, bandit. He was a gang member, and he uh, he caused the bandit attack, that, that train. He was the direct cause of that orphanage getting uh, d- demolished. And he, he did run a train into an orphanage. He he did, I did run a train into an orphanage, but I wasn't a conductor. I was the one who was actively assaulting the train. Oh my god, I, I was like, I was like, so, I was close, but I was looking at the wrong person. Oh, you were yeah. close. You I've were never close. seen somebody be so close while being you so, so wrong at the same time. Yeah, you were like, you almost had it, but you didn't have it. 
Um, oh man, that yeah, also explains Jackie why had it, a, uh, Jackie has a that 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 uh, game with that no backstory, crawler no tattoo thing that we've seen a couple times on a couple dudes. Uh, Jackie has that on his arm. Uh huh. Yeah. And after after that incident, he he deserted his former gang and tried to start life over. That's pretty cool. Y'all yep. already know everything about John. Yeah, there's so much depth, though. We might be missing something. I had to kind of, like, play that close, too, because, like, Jackie was a former Confederate soldier and probably knows <laughs> everything about all the war, war crimes you committed. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, that actually makes some of our later interactions when the John's just like, nah, fuck them. Fuck them. They're the worst. I'll, I'll kill anyone from there. And you're just like, are you sure, bud? I'm like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, this puts some new context on this. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I guess I'm staying hidden. Yes, I'll in, just go fuck myself. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, that was Jackie. And that, uh, that guy, um, who jumped us, Brendan, he was mm-hmm. one of the, he was like a survivor from that orphanage. He was actually just a child. Yeah, that's where that I got my idea that the people that were coming after you were, uh... You're, you were right about that. To a degree. I, I will be completely honest. Uh, the only reason that I picked up on any of this is because that I was doing the editing and I was having to give it, like, a couple passes. And oh, it was yeah. like... Oh, okay. Like if I had, if it had just been a one and done thing, would have never noticed. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that from just kind of listening to your role play the one time. Neither yeah. did I. Well, well, there was a couple of things. It were small hints. Yeah, like I said, there was a lot of small hints as to what uh what Jackie's story was going to turn into, but I was planning on hitting that harder on season two. Yeah. So, like, the first half of the the game, probably for me, like, so I put a lot of, like, kind of thought in trying to create a, like, a complex layered character for Samuel, because I mean, I, it's my I, I will say, with you guys. that was a pretty good job, Alex. So, yeah, your character was very, uh, well, very well thought out, I think. Uh, I think there was, like, another layer to him still, but I can, I can oh, God. So many layers. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically what Cody and I worked out. Um, so basically Samuel is an avatar of Samael. Like he was a, you know, mortal construct. Um, but he basically gained consciousness like in prehistory. Um, and so they've kind of had this like cyclical uh like relationship throughout time where Samuel's trying to kind of, you know, reclaim the body to, uh, you know, be able to use it and control it. Um, and Samuel is trying to live his life and he's general, he's basically, he's born every time, every hundred years and he's unaware of this. Huh. And goes through life kind of repeating the same patterns, you know, like finding a woman, falling in love, having two daughters, blah, blah, blah. Um, and at some point, it's that family that gets him in trouble because something happens. Uh, uh, it, was, it, was a, his magic. it was a Bioshock moment. I see. Yeah. 
Um, but so basically what happened when he, uh, you know, sucked the corruption out of, you know, the spider form demon of his daughter, he got all those memories of all those lifetimes. So that vision we had, uh, collectively, that was a memory of his from like essentially Mesopotamia. Oh, that's something I want to hit at that got left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. That vision y'all had from the morning mist. Um, so morning mist is a, I don't want to say bad guy. It's a, it's a stage effect that uh-huh. is the physical manifestation of a wrongdoing. And the reason it was in the church was because of all the bloodshed at Samuel's hands over the ages, which is why y'all got the vision because like the way to beat it is to write the wrong. So when I first proposed this to Cody, I was telling him like, I I imagine this coming out of like someone basically you know, creating an intimate connection with him, whether that's like healing or resurrection or or something, you know, and like all that would flow into them, into their head. And they would, they would see his true nature. Mm. Um, so yeah, like literally his, he's had these, these daughters through the ages and sometimes he saves them and sometimes he doesn't. And so they literally, like are you know the biblical entities holding those names oh which is why it was funny when the one daughter was like we've all got our this wasn't your fault jackie we've all got our uh roles to play and you're like nah fuck that (laughs) that's hilarious because you know she's she's played that role like a thousand times by now yeah yeah well neat let's see did hit story we hit the system is there anything anybody else wants to share with their characters or well what's up with emerson i gotta know i don't even think i'm not sure if christina even knows but that was a neat moment i I like you'll want to know a secret bud yeah that was all off the cuff yeah but do you know where where did the cuff end? Uh, so, with that, uh, pretty much played the. Uh, yes, this was my plan all along. Trick. I mean, I could uh, I could tell you kind of I couldn't tell it was like instantly off the cuff, but I knew it had been something you'd had recently decided on. Yeah, so. there. I think we got through. I think we got through most of it. That uh, their close friend and or partner that they had the bird sanctuary with got attacked by birds one day. Uh, those birds were uh, the part that we didn't get to is those birds were under control of the father and call, which is why the why he was there. Um, like it was the bird attack was setting up to increase the fear rating of that area so that he could do what he wanted to do what needed to be done at a later date. Hmm. If that makes sense. Uh, 
This but, was the father and caw that way when Samuel first met his daughter. No, or was that like a later choice? That was a later choice. Like this was between uh, Sam and it's not Adrian. <laughs> Is it Adrian? Yeah, Adrian. 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 <laughs> I did it, man! Shout out to Rambo. <laughs> you mean Rocky? <laughs> yeah, I do. God, how dare you take oh, the symbol of Philadelphia in vain? Oh my god, you, you fucker! Fucking, fucking, go half a can of cheese with dude. Get out of here. Go kick over a hitchhiking robot or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Andrea. Uh, at some point after uh, Sam and Andrea run off uh, is when the father and call starts being corrupted and working his works. So could you almost say that uh, Samuel's arrival there kind of set all that off? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, Samuel is the actual big bad of uh, this problem. Yeah, all right. Like, he is the problem. I mean, knowing what we know now, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, I have a question for Michaela, if that's okay. Uh, Did you go in knowing that you were going to, like, sacrifice Doc Val, like, at any point? (laughs) So, she actually has the hindrance, death wish, and heroic, so... That was that was so kind of going to happen the, at some point. What do, those, what do those mean, like in the system? So in the system, um, I had taken extra hindrances to get some extra skills, um, and the death wish. Uh, the hero wants to die after completing some sort of task, and I had major heroic hindrance, meaning um, would always help those in need, willing to sacrifice herself, a sucker for any sob story. So with between those two combined and the fact that she was a pacifist and couldn't really fight back against humans, I had a feeling she would probably die or be sacrificed to try to find some sort of meaning with death since she had such a complicated relationship with death and healing. Well, yeah, all right. I mean, Now, general question here, just throwing that out. Since we have a character that has died and a character that has skipped town and we're going to have two of the party not playing the same characters and we're doing this kind of this this moment um, here. Um, uh, re- re- real quick, uh, since this is technically going to get released after the actual epilogue gets brought in, uh, I messaged Cody about this. Um, John left in the middle of the night to go to the rail, uh, the rail town. And tell the witches and Josh Chamberlain about Doc Val's passing, and he's going to basically come in in time for the eulogy with everyone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, but just with the so, are we planning on doing this this the continuations game with the same characters, just a different system later, or what are you feeling, Cody? Um. So I know it's going to be a different system. I think same characters. I'll leave it up to y'all. Uh, if we do change characters, uh, like, say, we play the Fellowship system, uh, Sam I.L., like, if we do change characters, Sam I.L. is gonna be the big bad. Cool. Uh, well, 
now that I know going in, if that's the case, I may look at something different than Jackie. Probably we'll have to see how it goes. But I, I think that it would also, uh, uh, I think it would also make a difference if it, like you know, if Alex is going to play Samuel then uh, or Samuel or whatever, then like, oh god, I'm so confused. Uh, Samuel is the. Fallen Archangel of Death. Uh, Samuel is your local preacher guy. Okay. 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 Never mind. Never mind. I was thinking that Samuel was uh, the character that Alex was playing for some reason. I don't know. I mean, yeah. also, yes. Uh, yeah. So, okay. If, if it wasn't clear, um, Cody and I had kind of worked out that, like, after that that session where he kind of absorbed the corruption um, and was gonna essentially have failed the the deal with the devil thing, like there was gonna be a role to see which one of them was in control, like each session. Hmm. Hmm. So, depending on which one was in control, one was going to, you know, work towards taking care of his friends and the town and his family and blah, blah, blah. And the other one was going to work towards turning things into a deadlands. That's horrifying. Yeah. Well, he's an archangel of death. And if you, which I don't know if you know any too much, cause it didn't probably apply to John, but, um, you know, if you know anything about how the entities in the hunting grounds work, like, that's probably the biblical understanding of this entity, and they probably have other understandings in other books. If if we come back with a season two and um, we like, I don't know, like time skip or something like I'm like if I if I continue to play John, it is probably going to be like. I would probably ask that, like, Cody give me, like, I don't know, like, maybe not, like, months, but, like, John goes off and, like, maybe gets a little smarter, because I'm gonna be completely honest, playing a dumb character is, like, was really fun for, like, the first three or four sessions, and then it just exhausted me to come <laughs> to come in and play. Yeah. Because, like, I had to be dumber than I actually am which is like it's fun sometimes to just turn your brain off and just do things but then like I don't actually pick up on things and like it it kind of made me feel like I wasn't giving Cody's game like the the time that it deserved if that makes sense uh, okay but can I be real with you though Brendan John wasn't any goofier than Traveler and that was a pretty serious game that you brought literally just a homeless drunk into. <laughs> we, okay, wait, we rolled I, I think, homeless drunk. Brendan, I think you, you kind of just like fell in love with having a phase of himbo characters. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I might have. Yeah. And, and, you, you and tend I'm to hit saying, these little phases. And I'm not saying that that wasn't fine, because it was fine in Shadow of the Demon. But I worked around it. But you were certainly, like, the opposite of the straight man in that game. In a game full of straight men, you were the fucking wild card. I mean, someone had to be. Dude, I was a um, robot with depression. I was supposed to be the wild card. <laughs> uh, and also, not necessarily. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes just playing it straight is it like, works. It, yeah, no, that... For, for season two, if I play John again, or if I do something else, I'm gonna... 
Like, I'm going to put a quite a bit more thought behind it. Even if the character isn't actually smart, I'm going to at least have like a a bit more like of a so, something to pull from. Also, Cody, if you want something that's truly like a uh, a horror experience, but yeehaw, you could certainly just use Shadow of the Demon Lord. I mean, you're not wrong. No agenda there whatsoever. No agenda whatsoever. Um, I I would be perfectly happy to uh, sacrifice Samuel Samael to the uh, the story gods and play something else to allow him to be a big bad for you too. Mm. But this is all. Shadow of the Demon Lord do sound good. About, we don't we don't have to discuss this right now. We can always talk about it later. Yeah, right. Just, just um, a thought. I guess besides that, uh, Christina or Britt, do you guys have any uh, input as far as like characters or like the story goes? I'd love to hear from both of you. Um, I kind of just went into this just wanting to play. <clears throat> excuse me, just a weird character. Um, I think over time I lost a lot of like the energy I had for Emerson just because as things got more, it was really hard to like play up that levity aspect of it without it just seeming very out of place or forced. Um, but it was very interesting to get to play a character that just didn't know about their past. And it was like, I put this in your hands. I trust you, DM, to figure out what their bullshit is. Yeah, good on you, Cody, for entertaining that. Because, man, would I be like, no, make your own backstory if that were me? <laughs> Man, see, so the thing is, is like, I am not going to lie. I did have a little bit of a gripe with that. But at the same time, I've been role playing with Christina for how long? And I'm like, all right, Christina always puts a million and one into her characters. She can have this one. She can have the cookie. Yeah, one time. <laughs> never really do that often. And that's why I was just like. And Cody's like, nah, no, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. I'll be like, cool, uh, sure, this is their backstory then. I'll come up with some reason for why they don't fucking like birds or something. Yeah, no, the, the, bird, the bird hatred was one of my favorite parts of the game, not gonna lie. Yeah, well, I, I, I like Emerson as a character a lot. And it was supposed to be um, a phobia of birds, and I was kind of like, can this just evolve into like a paranoia phobia hatred? thing for birds and i'll still take the death yeah like fear channeled into anger or rage phobias are a lot less scary when you got a gun and you can shoot them i mean to me like the phobias become really irrational here is heights you know (laughs) yeah like you can't there's a lot of talking going on i did not catch all of that Oh, I was saying, like, you know, a gun only helps you with certain phobias. You can't shoot your way out of a fear of heights. You can try. If I shoot the cliff enough, it'll come become shorter. Like, come on, think outside the box. Yeah, but you're not yeah. scared of heights when you're on the bottom. The fear's there when you're on top. Then you're shooting your, your the ground out from under you. I step back, I shoot the edge, and slowly make stairs going down with, like, the gunshot. Like areas. That's a lot of ammo. I don't think you understood how much ammo I had as Emerson. Um, Okay. 
Well, you had more than Samuel did, that's for sure. So, as like, as the, Emerson as, also had the, like, halfway pacifism thing. Pa- oh, my God, I can't talk. Pacifism. 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 Like, I know Doc Val had the full one. Um, so it was literally just a, oh, man, if it's, is it not birds? Then, you know, I need them to be threatening first, which, I mean, I know I'm doing also for Exalted, but I don't know. It's just been kind of fun to be like, go ahead, hit me first. Do the thing first. Become a threat. Give me a threat. Give me a reason. Uh-huh. I will say the father in Ka, um, it was, by the rules, it was only a minor, um, like, uh, rival enemy thing. <laughs> I'm yeah. not the only one who had a rival as a, as a thing. And the funny thing is, is I think your rival was, yours was supposed to be a major, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the thing with the father and call is it was, yes, it was minor. But then I needed a plot device. Uh-huh. I know. I, I, I can see how it evolved. I, I get it. I'm not complaining. I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> he had a bird. He took your wife. Then it became personal. Uh, I mean, yeah. Even even though good. apparently I might have set him on this path, kind of. But you know, um, well, Cody, I will say that bird. I I kind of like the idea that Brennan had of a time skip. I think a game could be very interesting. Of like, you know, set in like eighteen ninety or nineteen hundred, like kind of the end of the West. Sort of, but like also like, you know, Samael having, you know, made a dead land out of Caliente and being the crew coming in trying to clean it up, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, canonically, that is a thing. I, I'm uh, sure it is. There's a Deadlands uh, 1920s noir. Uh, I was totally module. thinking of a gangster one. I was just like, I don't know if you want to time skip that far. I wouldn't want to play in the same system, but it is system canonical. You know, Cody, we're approaching Blades in the Dark. We yeah. are, aren't we? We're You're approaching. <laughs> we're approaching at rapid speed, Blades you in the are, Dark. You are rapidly approaching Blades in the Dark and Urban Shadows. Yeah, but that's Christina's game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> things can be two things. You're right. If you want to run Blades in the Dark, I'm not going to be mad. Or even if you just wanted to, like, co-GM Blades in the Dark or something, I wouldn't be mad either. That might be something to look into. I don't know. I haven't looked into Blades in the Dark much. I know I've heard now, nothing but good things about it. but Now, I, I will say it. this, though. Blades in the Dark is to what to expect from Noir. Is it, It's, like, as... So, don't go in thinking Blades in the Dark is what Savage Worlds Deadlands was for me. Because it's not... It's a lot. There's a lot in Blades in the Dark. There's, like... The city is surrounded by demons and shit. And there's, like, demon ghost blood you gotta go hunt down to power your city. It's not... It's not New York in the 1920s. It's, it's, It's pretty fucking intense. 
Oh yeah, New York in the 1920s. I'll be the person from from uh from North Carolina with a southern accent while everyone else is a local of New York. <laughs> Every day you offend my heritage more and more. No, see the thing is is we make everybody play the story set in Philadelphia, but Brendan's not allowed to be a local. We're all born and raised, except for Brendan. <laughs> you didn't get to spend most of your days in the schoolyard. Or the playground, or whatever the fuck the line is. Playing b-ball on the playground. Yeah, you didn't get to do that, motherfucker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you were raised in Bel Air. Britt, did you have anything you wanted to add on? I, I didn't really have a whole lot to add on. I didn't really have a backstory for Sid other than like she had a husband. He died. So she moved to Caliente to start a new life. Opened up a bar and kind of survived, I guess. Um, Every so often I would be like, oh, oh, that would be cool as a backstory plot point or, oh, that might be cool to add in and just kind of filled in a couple pieces here and there. But I honestly... Sid was probably one of the hardest characters for me to get into the headspace to play that I've played with you guys. And I don't know why. Um, it was just, she was the hardest character to really detail. get into. Can I uh, like just kind of like take a stab in the dark at like why that might be? Sure. Um, I, so. She moved out west to like start a new life and everything and owns a bar. She doesn't have a reason to leave the bar and go off on adventures with Sheriff John Liberty, the fucking weirdo with the with the high kicks or the the preacher who's in a constant state of uh, repeating the same mistakes once a century and uh, every, every now and again or Emerson, who's just out there to murder the local avian population. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to you for being the only other moderately normal character in the party. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I think that that might've also been one of the things with, uh, Sid and Jackie potentially is just that like, there's no real call to adventure. Like, you know, the dude who has a happy life, the farmer in a D and D world who has a happy life with a, with a, well-adjusted family and makes a living and like doesn't have any real problems. They're not going to go off adventuring to go kill a kobold or like go fight a dragon or whatever. It's, it's they true. have everything right here. I will say, um, I, I will say my call to adventure was my past finding me and not letting me go again. That's what I was waiting. That's what we were going to do for me. Yeah. I guess honestly that's probably what it was was I just I didn't have a cool backstory because I didn't want to do like I didn't want to fall into the whole oh a tragic backstory so this is why I do things like obviously like her husband dying is tragic but it's not like oh my family was murdered by this right it's not ogre, so now wanna... tragic yeah it's just a typical slice of life type tragedy and I think that's where I kind of went wrong in making Sid, but I made her personality very much. She cares for her friends and like the people of the town that she made friends with. So she's going to go out and like do this crazy shit to help them, which could also be possibly why she kind of 
deep dive or deep dove into her weird science shit. Obviously, she started mixing shit to make drinks and shit, so she opened a bar. And, yeah, that's that's kind of just what I did. I didn't really have a whole lot going for her. I just kind of was along for the ride with your guys' crazy, which was fun. Don't get me wrong. I loved every bit of it, dealing with your guys' crazy. It was just really hard to get into how would Sid react to this type mind space. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. I I also think that uh, I I think that if we had stayed on track with what that I what that my understanding was for the first uh, couple sessions, where that it was like, oh, we're gonna go talk to the rail companies, and then we're gonna get back to town, and then the game, and then the season's gonna end with us clearing out the mine and getting whichever rail company that we want in here. That was my understanding of where the adventure was going. And I think that like Sid and Jackie fit a little bit more into that idea of what that I thought that the game was going to be because it's like, it's kind of more down to earth. Like in that case, like in that case, like John and, uh, and Samuel and, and well, Samuel and Emerson to a lesser degree. And then like John to a greater degree seem like, the fucking weirdos who are just like, I'm here to help my friends. Whereas like, because we went to yeehaw upside down and like are doing, are making deals with the devil and have like huge horrifying implications. Like I think that like the more down to earth characters kind of like, I don't want to say they kind of came out as like the weirdos comparatively, but they the like game, the game jumped the shark and we stayed on the ground. Yeah. That's a that's a good you phrase. Know, it does also doesn't help that like most of my characters I've played are not down to earth other than Raylan. Raylan was really one of the only down to earth characters, but she at least had backstory that kind of played into stuff and I was I could get into that headspace super easy, but I also like I'm a big fantasy nerd, so that kind of helped with that. But like with with Cassidy, I just I couldn't get into the the proper headspace, and I I think that did have a lot to do with the whole jumping the shark thing because I was I was prepared for the whole railroad shit and like getting into the discussions of that. Like I was preparing myself for that to talk more, and then it kind of turned into something else. And I'm like, I don't I don't know how to react to this. And I typically like with. Ferris, I I can usually react to something pretty quickly if need be, or any of my other characters. But for some reason, I just I would have to sit and I'd have to think, and then I'm like, I don't I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, I think I think having like I think what backstory is ultimately about is providing context for a character, and it's having context that informs your decisions. So lacking that is like exactly. Kind of left like freewheeling. You're just spinning and like unsure. Now, when uh, we were trying to help find Samuel's wife and like his kids, that was something I w- I was like, oh wait, Sid can connect to this. I can I can actually like help, quote unquote, with this kind of situation. So we were able to have yeah. that like that, mo- and it was like, all right, cool, I can connect to this. But like birds and spider things i was like this is way out of this poor bartender's league (laughs) 
Yeah. And Chimera. Which I think in the last couple sessions, uh, I think that's really where Sid and Jackie shined. Is you, y'all were both there to ground the people who are like, we're jumping the shark and we're keeping going. Like, y'all brought the humanity back to the game while we were being goofy. I actually really appreciated Jackie basically standing up to Samuel's crazy. And like, y'all were just going to let him keep doing what he was doing. I know. (laughs) And I mean, I'm playing him. And so like, he's that I'm like, I'm just going to keep going until someone like says something or stops him or something. So, yeah, I I actually really like that. Jackie kind of was like, I'm done with your bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. When that all, I think when that all went down. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think when that all went down, I, as Brit, was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. I think I missed something or what, but Samuel's not Samuel. Jackie's yelling at Samuel, and I don't know what's going on. And I think my brain just kind of, like, short-circuited for a bit. So I was like, I'm just going to see where this goes and then try to jump in at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. I will say this has been a very interesting way to get to know you all. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I guess like final thoughts on it. I don't like savage worlds, but Holy shit, Cody, you, you, you kept that going and you kept me interested in it. Even when that I did not like the system. I do think it might be a bit, it might behoove you a bit to have, like, I know the system kind of fell apart on us halfway through, but ha- knowing the direction before, for everyone, you and us involved, I think would make for a bit more cohesion. Yeah, well, the thing, I did know the direction, and then I stopped having fun with that direction. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what Tyler can is kind of saying is, like, when you stopped having fun with that direction, maybe saying, hey, guys, just a heads up, I'm changing the direction this is going a little bit. You don't have to tell us what it is, but that might have helped a little bit with the cohesion. Or, or, and us even making like, or even like, are you guys feeling a way about this? Are you, are you guys finding this a little off like I am? And I think we, a lot of, several of us have been like, yeah, we're, this is also a little bit, a little bit not for us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like, in the beginning, it was it was a little, like, slow and plotting, and I was like, I thought that we were going to be, like, be, like, in the Wild West and doing Wild West shit, and, like, I think that the first two sessions are really... I think the first two sessions are really good, and then when we go to the rail camp, like, there's some really good moments in the rail camp that I enjoy, but, like, I think that it went on a little too long... Yeah, after the rail camp was when I started to kind of fall off. I was just kind of waiting for, like, bandits to attack or, like, something that was going to, like, kick things up a notch, I guess, to, like, force the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, not, not having something like that, something that provides kind of, like, a deadline or a, a sense of immediacy at the beginning of a campaign, like... The players are kind of trying to figure out the the setting and the world and the like, 
okay, where do we fit into all this and stuff? And like not having that, they kind of, they kind of go in circles a bit, I find. Um, so I find having something that really like sets things off, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Anyways, I feel like it could have been interesting to like, rather than have like basically come across the aftermath of that zombie town and like piece together that it was the, um, I forget what they were called. The voodoo guys. Bye Vermilion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that kind of being like a, you know, like they basically got impatient and they're gonna fucking like overrun our town. Like, that would have been a like, oh shit, we need to like, we need to fast track this shit with the other other railroad and like get them to help us defend the town and like then have the like zombie town battle in our town, right? And then like, yeah, that, that could have been interesting. But anyways, yeah. I but I didn't. I genuinely enjoyed playing this with you guys. Go ahead. Uh, hope to have you on more projects then. This has Hopefully. been a lot of fun. Yeah. Having Alex was definitely a a breath of fresh air and giving another spin on just all the weird that we do. It was <laughs> it was nice to see more weird that wasn't just our weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like like uh, like game and system and story side. Uh, it's been great to have some fresh blood in the game. Uh, awesome! I'm glad I've put in. I like throwing a little corruption into the game worlds generally. That was you, good. You know, good you, stuff. You, you know, Tyler, you say that as if we didn't just add Michaela. To Ma- Michaela too. Yeah. I mean, I was actually including Michaela in that as well. Oh, oh okay. I, I guess I could have made that more clear. Yeah, Michaela for exalted in in, in this as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like, Tarali is such an interesting like person to add into the weird that we had going and she fits right in but like she's also very different and i love it well do we have anything else that we want to add on anything else we want to talk about before i cut the recording oh what happens to the town (laughs) no i'm kidding you you already we already covered what happens to the town bud yeah, and the oh. epilogue it totally has been recorded. Oh, I was talking about how uh, Samuel loses control and Samuel turns everything into a Darklands. And I mean, he now has we're been playing Blades in the Dark hundred years the, later. Uh, the Soul Rock or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, like he's got he's plenty of fuel to use. He's got that nuke waiting to go. Dark magic. Time to type. Time to take it off the map. But yeah, I'm good to end. Okay, yeah. Nobody else has anything else to add, then I'm gonna cut the recording. It's been fun getting to hear everyone's opinions and uh, ideas and everything. Uh, Hopefully we'll play something in the second season with a system yet to be determined and we can figure that out on the backside. Nice.
Thank you for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not tell your friends, or hit the like button. If you loved it, or have ways we can improve, leave a comment on the episode or a review to help us get out to more ears. I'm always looking for feedback to improve the show. Speaking of feedback, you could also send that to a pair of dice lost on Twitter or a pair of dice lost at gmail.com. The theme music for this game is Born Barnstormers by Brian Boyko, used under a Creative Commons license. And finally, for making it this far, why don't you go ahead and refill all your bennies for the week? <laughs>